we often talk to businesses about maximizing their time and really thinking like a, almost like a manufacturing business. Like, how are you going to get better at this? How are you going to cut down your production time? How are you going to, you know, make sure that you really are maximizing your time in your kitchen? Then we say to them, but how are you going to sell that? The world of food is one of the most innovative playing fields of all, with people always thinking about new ways to get nutritious, uh, ethical, sustainable kilojoules into our mouths. Uh, one of the people that's working in this space is Lou Zaro. Lou is the manager of the Food Incubator at the Melbourne Innovation Centre. Lou, welcome to Daddy Linen. Thank you, Danny. Pleasure to be here. It's great to chat to you. I know you always have a million things on the go. Um, it's such interesting work that you do at the Innovation Centre. Give us a little rundown of what happens there. No problem. So I see our, our space very much as, if you like, a co-working space, but for uh, budding food innovators, food startups, and just, you know, hospitality pros who just want to really give um, full flight and fantasy to their to their side hustle. So we have created a space uh, that is for us very much a kind of maker space, a co-working centre, but also a network. So a, a place where the little startup that has this fantastic idea in alternative protein, or you know, or in something like um, a novel ingredient, can connect with us, get access to both the kit and the tools that they need to start trialing, piloting, making up some batches of their product, but also connecting to some really switched on food techs and, and even some tech companies that have joined our community. Uh, so we're when we we're so we're both a food incubator and network centre, hence the name Food Inc. is actually Food Incubator and Network Centre, which we think we thought was pretty bloody clever. But um yeah we so we're very much um we're very much both uh uh, a space for making, but a space for connecting to. And tell us about some of the interesting startups, people that are, you know, beavering away in there. So we've had a real, um, the full sort of plethora of really interesting businesses come and join us. We've got everyone from, so we're based, uh, we're embedded on the campus of Melbourne Polytechnic Preston. So we've taken on large space there. So we've been a, a, a real sort of go-to space for even just local food artisan um, producers. So we have, you know, incredible business like um, two locals. Uh, one is an amazing chocolate maker uh, called Loco for Coco, who is, uh, when she's in the kitchen, it's always great fun because there's always some broken chocolate to go around. <laughs> and then there is um, uh, another great business, which is called No Fun for Children, uh, that does chili sauce. So they're very much sort of artisan food producers who have this great space and resource like it. But then we also have people trialing novel ingredients or novel processes. So we have uh, three food tech uh, food technologists are bringing clients to do batch work um, and some of that works even top secret so I can't get too much detail but then also through um, our community we have um, some amazing businesses who aren't necessarily used in the kitchen but we've been working with them connecting them with support, advice, grants, funding, um, you know, and even doing things like connecting them back through Melbourne Polytechnic for market research and support from the students who need that industry um, access. So we've got, a, you know, one of the great businesses that we have um, 
really strong ties with his uh, a business you know of, which is uh, Magic Valley, who are are in the Noel uh, protein space with their amazing cultured uh, products, which are which are quite remarkable. Because uh, uh, it's and they're really going to be a real a world dominator, a world leader in this space. I think. It's so interesting because, I mean, as you've described, you've got these sort of artisans, you know, perhaps sole operators who just need a space to, you know, follow their food dream. And then you've got these quite tech-heavy entrepreneurial startups that are, you know, uh, looking for world domination. It's it's quite a dynamic space, isn't it? Very much so. And, um, the, and the, well, I guess the, the, the point of uh, communion between them is the fact that many of them are from Melbourne's north and we, one of our, the stakeholders that got our project off the ground was the uh, Melbourne's North Food Group. So they're a fantastic industry association led by the, the brilliant Margaret McClellan who, um, and that's, you know, started from a small grouping of businesses around Whittlesea and Hume Council now have grown to over 200 members and it really takes in some of the great uh, and large businesses in uh, Melbourne's North, you know, that's the Murray Cheese and all sorts of huge businesses, Sea Lane, all these fantastic food services food manufacturers, uh, the Melbourne market as well. So we really do see ourselves as being an activator for both sort of the grassroots activity happening in Melbourne's North, but also the wonderful um, the wonderful activity happening more at that kind of, you know, at that sort of institutional large um, sort of stakeholder level. So where there are, there are many plans uh, afoot for real high-end food innovation to become concentrated in Melbourne's North. Um, it's no secret that, you know, there is, you know, the Syro, La Trobe, RMIT, um, and the Melbourne market, they're doing uh, a mountain of work to really build the ecosystem of innovation in Melbourne's North. And, and you can see why, you know, you've got such a legacy of amazing businesses located in that space but then you've got all the infrastructure you've got you know the melbourne airport you've got uh, the melbourne market of course and then there's even things that you know aren't lesser lesser known of like um the major rail uh port that's i'm going to be built i think out past um Calcalo. um so there's also all this kind of really hard heavy infrastructure that is you know that is plugging into sort of local national and global supply chains so come from so from that macro level, there really is so much activity. So we we really see what we're doing as being, you know, in a position to help the kind of grassroots innovation that's happening, and then you know, plug the the magic valleys of the world and other business great businesses like H um, Day Foods that do really interesting stuff with um, in alternative proteins. Plug them into some of those networks as well. So. It's, it's pretty cool. We get to work, play at the big end of town and also at the grassroots. And what's the funding? Like, where who funds you? So, we're self-funded. So, uh, we have uh, got some initial funding from the uh, some of the local government partners to get the kitchen planned and built uh, at Melbourne Polytechnic. Then, of course, we have significant in-kind support from Melbourne Polytechnic, who are, who are amazing. Um and then we, uh, yeah, we're working to both funding um, models that leverage our our status as a, as a not-for-profit entity, that being Melbourne Innovation Centre, um, and also working on programming that where we can we can go with local government partners and say, look, you know, here's a package of training and support to build startups. Here's how we can do it um, together. But we're also very much keen, very keen on being um, reaching out to corporates and saying. 
Now, from a corporate social responsibility perspective, we're in a fortunate position where we do have businesses that very much focus on a four impact model. So we, you know, you know, meals with impact are this amazing social enterprise that are getting a bit of buzz around the city for their amazing culturally sensitive food they um you know they have some great corporate partners so you know, we're leveraging partnerships with um entities like that to to grow our, our, our business case so you've very much got a package of funding you know fee-for-service stuff grants and funding uh, and then you know the kitchen usage yeah sometimes you know you just feel like there are so many ideas out there so many great ideas and so much need you know these some of these social enterprises that are doing such important work but yeah I, you do get the feeling that it's without knowing where to start or what some of those important connections might be that you know these ideas are less likely to soar so is, is you know do you feel like that's where you can come in very much so we we really have a business model that reduces barriers to become both operational and compliant so you know, I've got a, a number of case studies of businesses that they weren't getting anywhere from with you know in a in a neighbouring council, but they've come to us and because we've built such a wonderful rapport with the the Durban City Council, we and the compliance team there, we they know our kitchen space, they know the business model we're trying to do, and they know that we really are building a community of startups. They come into the kitchen. I work on the paperwork with these small businesses, and they get going. And 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 equally as the some of the stuff that we, some of the work we've done with Mills with Impact shows, our connection, you know, where in our case we were able to give them some in-kind support to get going, um, you know, they're both their smarts and the opportunity to get compliant and to be on the tools and to make connections with Melbourne Polytechnic and, you know, this evening they're, they're hosting an Ishtar dinner and there's going to be some Melbourne Poly uh, hospitality students uh, working the floor with them. So just these wonderful, um, beautiful connections of, you know, of kind of almost like a water cooler connection that's made around a you know a rationale oven <laughs> you know it's kind of like it's uh it's 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 uh, it really is a space where these lovely connections just happen yeah so good Lou and I mean food is all about connection if you ask me it's um just you know the best place you you, you meet the best people and um you know you have the best fun while you come up with great ideas and bring them to fruition what is it that uh, took you into this role? Great question. So, my uh, my background, both from a kind of you know being you know of Italian origin, but also um, my professional background. I was always involved in food or near food or, 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 or food manufacturing. Um, so, you know, I, I came out of the local government sort of partnerships world, but um, and so I was doing a lot of work. Reducing red tape, you know, around red tape reform for 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 businesses in local government. So, you know, some of the projects I worked on when I was still in government were significant um, reform to just reducing the barriers to entry for, especially for food businesses. You know, there's been, you know, in, in, in across Victoria now, local governments really lifted their game around having uniform, like single points of entry for business so knowing the difference between a planning permit and a building permit a food permit um has been made a lot easier thanks to all the work that people like myself had done previously in local government to reduce red tape so i came out of that space but i also have a family that ran i come from a family that ran um a 
fresh produce store, the Queen Victoria Market, actually, so for nearly 20 years. So, you know, as a student, I was always uh, helping the family business out, you know, with the potato doing under my fingernails. So really enjoying being around great food, uh, hospitality businesses. So always had an eye on that space. And, you know, before that as well, I was, after uni, I was in the market research world and working, you know, on food businesses or for food businesses on, you know, for clients that were from the FMCG world. So always been around food and, you know, just the the traditions too are really strong. I mean, yesterday I was making passata with the family, so you can go figure out. Yeah, you know, all that traditions are absolutely, you know, and absolutely front and center for me. And some of my best mates include, you know, great producers like, you know, James Mealy from the Meat Room out at East Kilmore East. You know, these, I'm, I've got friends who are better cooks than me. So, you know, together we often have great, um, great. Uh, Sunday lunches. Oh, sounds so good, Lou. And it hasn't been a great year for tomatoes this year, but did you get enough to make a good batch of passata? Uh, we got some good ones at a ridiculous price, but I think my mother was uh, ultra paranoid that you know the 300 bottles in the cellar weren't going to be enough, so she made us make another batch. So, Lou, you know, running one thing just is not enough for you. Can you tell me about Food Hack Melbourne? Absolutely. So Food Hack is um, a global network for food innovation and, you know, the sort of like the, the very much the, 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 the major port of knowledge and, 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 and really interesting news around food innovation globally. So Food Hack, based out of Lausanne in, in Switzerland, founded by a, a really well-known um, VC um, angel and investor, and subsequently have always have been instrumental in fostering these really cool meetups across you know cities all over the world. So you know, and really innovative cities for food innovation. So you know, Tel Aviv, and you know, obviously Switzerland, and uh, where there's all the great um, you know, FMCG uh, global headquarters of Nestle's of the world, and so on and so forth. Um, and so I saw there was an opportunity to. Um, Put up a bid to be an ambassador for for the city of Melbourne. Melbourne wasn't represented, so as uh, so I, I, I applied for that, and along with also um, with Paul Bevan from Magic Valley, we unbeknownst to me, but it worked out beautifully because we we're already working together. So yeah, so this year um, we'll be hosting four uh, meetups uh, under the Food Hack brand, and in fact we have a date. Um, May the 18th for our first event, uh, we'll be looking at uh, the future of alternative protein, uh, what it means for the city and for food tech innovation in this space. So that's going to be really exciting. We, you know, more details on that. I'd love to um, send them your way, Danny. Um, but yeah, really a great opportunity just to see and connect and you know and really be a, a place where you know startups and venture capitalists and some of the uh, research. Um, infrastructure facilitators that are out there, those that work at, you know, university and the site, et cetera, can, can really connect in a, in a kind of safe and, and you know, um, non I mean, it's like a like a like a like a bit of an agnostic way. Like you, it's not it's not like an alternative agenda. It's just about we're here to connect and, and to just share best practice and to meet. How are we going to do that? Because I think Melbourne has all the the, I guess, you know, the, the infrastructure's there, the smarts are here, there just needs some of that connecting and, 
and you know, and then you know, in, in some regards, some of the great FMCG companies that employ hundreds of people across this state need to, and then, and then while they had some forays into sort of food incubation themselves, you know, I think of Chobani and um, Mondelez and stuff. They've all done sort of open innovation for for startups and they and they do work in that space i you know they, i think there can be a, an opportunity to do more so so it'd be interesting to see who gets engaged what happens and how he reconnects so I, i'm you know i'm really really keen to see the next wave of innovation come out of you know in the spaces where i work out of sort of melbourne's north but i i think there's this scope for a lot more innovation across the whole city so kind of want to be in, in our own small way through the Food Hack group, start shaping some of that narrative. I get this picture from you starting to form for me where it's you've got these m- m- huge multinationals that are doing a lot of work, you know, developing products and looking at, you know, whether it's alternative protein or, you know, free from this or free from that and obviously putting a lot of money into it because they want to make a lot of money and I'm inherently suspicious of anything that they do. But then there's this other end of it, which is, you know, people like Paul from Magic Valley, who I've interviewed for another story. And I know that he comes at it, comes at the alternative protein space from a very ethical point of view that he wants to remove animals from the supply chain. So he's engineering meat. Um, I mean, where do you think the meeting place is for these two I'm going to say opposing forces, you know, these these um, creatives that are squirreling away looking for funding and these, let's just, I'm just going to say evil multinationals that are sort of having this more of a top-down approach. That's a really good question. Um, I don't know the answer, but I know that I want to be part of creating the space where that answer gets somewhat looked at closer. So, yeah, that's where Food Hack is a, is a, is a great start. But I also... I also know that um, there are businesses, you know, and take Chobani as an example. They are, yes, they're a multinational, but are they evil? You know, they, 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 you know, they've got a, a track record of investing in, you know, communities in, in, in cold groups and, you know, do a, you know, they're an economic development player in where they're based in Southeast and give, and I'm sure they give work to a significant number of people from cold, you know, culture and linguistically diverse backgrounds. So are they evil? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's not fair of me to lump them all in together. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, through what we do and, you know, and through some of the innovations that's out there, you know, the, I think there is a Melbourne and a city that does have a track record of, you know, great philanthropy, um, fantastic innovation translation between university and industry. So I think uh, they are, I'm referring to sort of the biomedical, where where, where you know Melbourne is a, is a you know, and all the infrastructure in Parkville is a real giant. I, I would like to hope that we can create that, a similar pole and cluster of just a hotbed of innovation in Melbourne's north when all the players tee up. But I think you know it's 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 it's, it's a tricky one. But I. It's better to be, I don't know, I think it's better to be in the tent than to be out of the tent and, and, and not wanting to you know, be in a position to, sorry, to challenge the, the, you know, the Simplots and all these other amazing uh, large FMCG businesses that employ hundreds and hundreds of people in, in, in this state. Challenge them to say, you know, how are you going to be better tapping into the community? How are you going to be better supporting, um, you know, across all the key goals that, a business should be tracking to these days, like you know, 
the UN Sustainable Development Goals and, you know, similar things like that. And absolutely, they have a lot of work to do, but, you know, to have them at the table is, is, is a good start. So, you know, and... So yeah, well, it's a but it's a great it's a great question. I guess be one to re- nice to revisit after a year of you know running food hack and you know even with food Inc, we've only we haven't we're not quite a, a year old yet. So and while we've had you know good started good starts of conversation with multinationals, without naming who who, about them supporting us, we still are waiting for them to you know come on board. Interesting. Well, you know, much better for you, Lou, with your more diplomatic approach to be sitting at the table with them than me barreling in with my sceptical journo hat on. But um, <laughs> oh, well, that's the whole point of the fifth estate, you no? Know, to be to be holding accountable some of these some of these firms. And look, you know, there's so much more that can be done um, in this space. But you know, you know, you look at the big. I mean, and we also live in a in a in a country where there's a, effectively a duopoly. Of, of you know FMCG retail, um, but that's sort of been slightly eroded in some ways through you know markets and interest in brands and smaller and sort of moving up the supply chain for quality products and so on and so forth through smaller retailers. But um, even then, it, you know the Woolworths of the world, they you know they have um, they've made significant strides on sustainability and and um, you know understanding their own role around food waste and all sorts of things was I mean that's another really interesting area too food waste innovation is something that you know we and there's some great players doing things in space already um seeing more of that would be and being part of conversations around that would be amazing and you know I I lived in the Yarra Valley worked in the Yarra Valley and the amount of it's still the amount of waste that, you know for things for the big ticket items that come out of there like cherries and strawberries are just ridiculous yeah absolutely certainly a lot of work to do in that space so Lou let's say I've got I think it's a great idea I want to um, have it incubated I want to be part of this innovation hub what what would I do well uh, first first way first step is to jump on our website um, foodincubator.com.au express your interest which is big on the big blue express your interest button Um, that way we get um, all your Central data and a bit about what you wanted to do, and then yeah, myself or someone from the team will um, follow up with you straight away, um, and just invite you to our space to have a bit, you know, our first conversation around what do you want to do, where you're at, what support do you need, and often you know, you know, when you have, I have you know, like really switched on chefs reaching out um, and saying, know everything about operating a kitchen, but I know nothing about branded marketing and. Or, you know, send up an Instagram and so on and so forth. And, you know, it's quite phenomenal how social media, when used well, can really give, as you know, really gives a boost to 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 cooks. And I think of it, um, it's a guy, Andy, uh, is it Andy Reid, I think his name is? He, he's, he's like, he's like, you know, he's a real guru of um, online Instagram cooking. And he, I think he, he's, he's, catch, he's, uh, he's got that, um, that very snappy, uh, Catch like goes, babe. What do you want for dinner? And this guy, and this guy is just, you know, he's got millions and millions of followers on TikTok and and social media, and you know he's probably got cookbooks and stuff on on their way and what have you. Um, you know, there's so there's some great examples of what of points of reference that businesses don't know of. So you know, we it depends on the business that comes through the door, but we you know it could be on the other hand, they're someone who's got a great knowledge of marketing. 
uh, or even has been worked in that space, uh, but they don't know how to get around the tools. So, you know, I mentioned uh, No Fun for Children, and they, the, the founder of that business, you know, had a digital marketing agency and has beautiful, awesome marketing, knows everything about social media, et cetera. But, you know, she went and enrolled in a Cert 4 commercial cooker at Melbourne Poly because she needed to get more confident on the tools and so on and so forth. So, and, you know, and also get confident around just being kind of lean and efficient in the kitchen. So we often talk to businesses about maximizing their time and really thinking like a, almost like a manufacturing business, like, you know, how are you going to get better at this? How are you going to cut down your production time? How are you going to, you know, make sure that you really are maximizing your time in your kitchen? Then we say to them, you know, you can do with all of a sudden what you're doing at home, you can multiply by 10 in a, when you're, you're access to two commercial cooking Two, two commercial ovens and and kettles and heaps of bench space and a, you know a blast chiller and so on and so forth. So how are we going to sell that? So we we ask a lot of questions. Mm. I think even the process of being asked those questions would be so valuable for people who are just yeah testing their ideas. Very much, very much so. And sometimes you know we've had people visit and and they say, look, I actually don't think I'm ready yet to be doing you know this amount of product, you know even if it's over an afternoon, because I, I just, I, I, yeah, it's, it, I, I realise it's quite a lot to take on board and build a new brand. But, you know, we, I, I, it's hard to bootstrap a, a startup if you're an artisan food producer or, or any startup, especially artisan food producers, because it's, it is, uh, you know, often they're trying to, they don't realise that the costs of when they were doing something out of their home kitchen have to be completely rethought of when you are, when you're paying for a commercial kitchen cookery space, when you're in, um, when you've got an opportunity to scale up, when you do have to start thinking about getting your council permits all up to order or getting some shelf life testing. And like, there's a whole lot of hidden costs that get made aware to them. And, and then, you know, we, we said all of our startups across, you know, that's across the Melbourne Innovation Centre spectrum where we help, you know, hundreds of startups through our other programs like our Digital Solutions Program. Um, we say to them, how much are you giving yourself an hour as a salary? You know, that's that's often a very simple question that startups don't factor into their into their sort of profit and loss. It's like, oh, where's, have you at, have you allocated at least you know twenty five dollars an hour, which is barely minimum wage, just over minimum wage, to yourself or your startup? Because that's something you need to start doing now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is a great question. I'm well aware of um, the uh, perils of not paying yourself when you do your own thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, really great questions. And I just love anything that, you know, saves people that time and anguish because a lot of the, you know, the groundwork's been done. It just does not need to be done over and over and over and over again. Some lessons, you know, have been learned and you can just, they could just be passed on. Absolutely. And there's, and there's one, um, if there's one thing that we can do well through our, our shared kitchen space is that we really are able to uh, get businesses operational from a compliance perspective straight away. So, you know, both the kitchen, the process to fill in the form and liaise with council, in our case, Darwin councils, it's, it's really, it's proven to be really, really seamless. So that makes a world of difference for for businesses who are kind of, you know, hesitant about starting out. So, yeah, we've, you know, that's definitely a win from our, from our regard in you know, helping, uh, getting 
turnarounds and permits for only, in after only a few weeks. Yes, yeah, so good, Lou. Love it. Um, saving people yeah, so much time and energy so they can get on with the important stuff of, you know, creating whatever it is that um, is burning within them. Um, Lou, so great to catch up. Always interesting to hear what you've got on the go. Um, it just sounds like it's full steam ahead. Um, thank you so much with sh- uh, for sharing with us today. Um, yeah, good luck with all the projects. If I can give a plug again to our website, foodincubator.com.au and, they, um, and anyone who's out there listening who's keen to have a crack then yeah just reach out we'll put the link in the show notes as well everybody but thanks so much for your time lou appreciate that danny this is dirty linen and i'm danny valant we air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about hearing from different people with unique perspectives we want to hear from you as well if you have something that needs to be said about a topic get in touch so we can include your perspective Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.